Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. This is a special edition, kind of. Football season is technically over. All right, it's done. It's kaput. See ya. We won't really have football until August, but we are giving you our special mini series ACC under review. We did this last year. You guys loved it. I actually think Mac, if I look back to last year, our most listened to episode was the pit episode. So we'll see which (laughs) fan base comes through with the most listened to ACC under review. But basically we're diving into each school. We're recapping it, recapping their 2022 football season. And in order to do that, we're going to talk with the radio voice, the play-by-play voice of each school Mac, who is joining us today? KG, I'm super excited about this ACC Under Review. We're going to dive into every facet of these teams, and who better to do it than the folks that have been there each and every weekend covering these guys. Jeff Colhane is going to be our guy. Cannot wait uh, for the Seminole, the voice of the Seminoles, excuse me, to dive into everything FSU. He has an interesting story. He's been quite north most Mm -hmm. of his career, most recently at North Dakota State there in Fargo. Let's just say he was a little excited to come down south to the great state of Florida uh, in Tallahassee to be with the Knolls. But before we jump into this episode, KG, please tell us about our great friends over at Rock'em Socks. That's right. We have teamed up with Rock'em Socks, the world's largest sock store. Shop from over 10,000 exclusive sock designs, including your favorite college football teams, pro teams, Sports leagues, entertainment properties, Marvel TV shows. Yeah. They got it all. And especially as we're in the NFL playoffs, if you are a big Florida State fan, if you're a big fan of like Derwin James, you want to go get some Charger, Charger socks, go do it. We've got a lot of Clemson fans getting their Jag socks as they made the playoffs. So we love the crossover there. And rock'emsocks.com is the place to be. That's right, KG. And KG is also a massive Marvel fan. So she has like every. Marvel sock you can yeah I like of. the Marvel the it's Marvel a, guys the, Mar- the Marvels <laughs> she, she's a big fan of it the but you, you heard it right there Gramlick and McLean <laughs> listeners go and get 20% off your first order so load up whatever you want if you want college football playoff that just happened shout out to Boom. the champs you can do that and, and get your order there 20% off rock'emsocks.com all you have to do is enter gml20 and we're going to take care of that for you guys You've got to check it out. Go get your lucky socks. Get your team to the natty, to the promised land. It starts right here with the socks you're going to choose. Also, Mac, today, starting on Wednesday, we are starting our giveaways. Yes. Get excited. So for every ACC under review for that school, we'll be giving away that school's socks to some lucky fans on Twitter. So make sure you stay tuned to our Twitter pages, at Kelly Gramlick, at Eric McLean. We're starting today, of course, with some Seminole socks. They've got like... 30-plus different types of Florida State socks. It's crazy. And, of course, again, if you want to get some with your favorite NFL guys, uh, just stay tuned for that because giveaways are coming here from Graham Lincoln, McLean, and and Rock'em Socks. Without further ado, let's get to this great conversation with Jeff. Here we go. Jeff, welcome into the show, man. ACC Under Review, our first episode. Really appreciate you joining us, brother. Eric Kelly, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Happy New Year and uh, excited to uh, 
talk some college football with you and, and talk a little Florida State. That's it's, right. it's a fun time to be a Noel right now. That's right. We're back, baby. We're back into college football. We take no days off uh, here with this thing. And it's all about FSU today. The, the Knowles, I mean, my goodness, finish 10-3, and three, one of the hottest teams in the entire country. We're going to be all over the place talking about these Seminoles today. But let's just start big picture because I, I just want to know, you, you got here in July, you got to see the team, you got to see some camp and you know things of that nature. And I'm, I know you know the history and how rich it is in, in the lull that Florida State has probably been in these last couple of years. Did you think there was any chance to have this kind of success so quickly this season? Yeah, I, I think I think coming in, Eric, I, I knew there was a chance that this team could take the, the correct steps forward, right? And I think that was the expectation um, from Mike Norvell, uh, from, from everyone associated with the program to uh, get back to a bowl game and to see some of the, you know, the positive uh, movement with, within Coach Norvell's culture, uh, his system, uh, you know, everything across the board. And so um, you get here in July and you see the talent that's been infused into the program through the transfer portal at the offensive line spots, wide receiver. Uh, you were here, I know, uh, early on with your guys' fall camp tour, and you saw some of that as well. Um, and, and I think, you know, to to a person, you know, uh, Seminole fans would have looked at it and said, you know, we can beat LSU, we can beat Miami, we can beat Florida. In July, they, they would have signed up for that uh, in a heartbeat, right? And so uh, a pretty special year. It got started with an amazing uh, game in the Superdome in New Orleans against LSU. And so uh, the, the right steps taken forward uh, for, for Mike Norvell, his staff, his team, and his program in year number three under his watch. And Jeff, this was your first year down in Tallahassee, obviously taking over for a legend in Gene Deckerhoff. Um, but do you sit there and remind people like, hey, you guys win 10 games, get back to a bowl game, and I'm here? I mean, <laughs> feels like you may have been responsible, Jeff. Well, you know, uh, Kelly, I, I will uh, I will not take the sole responsibility <laughs> for all the success, but I will take any sort of positive vibe sent my way in year number one because, as you guys know, in the world of social media, which is always such a, a measured place to live, uh, if things would not have gone well, uh, the new play-by-play man would have been blamed for most of it. That's so, right. Kelly, I will take a little bit of the uh, you know the credit, I guess, for a 10-win season uh, in my first year. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, it's a dream come true to be here in Tallahassee uh, at a place like Florida State, being around great people like Michael Alford, um, Dr. Richard McCullough, Mike Norvell. Leonard Hamilton just won his 600th career game uh, this past weekend with Florida State basketball. And to replace a guy like Gene Deckerhoff, you know, I'll tell a quick story. And, and you guys know this, Gene is... Uh, an amazing broadcaster, right, and and a legend, but even a better person. And as I'm sitting here on my patio outside and the sun's going up and under the clouds and probably messing up the camera on our podcast here, but as I'm sitting here, you know, when we first got here, uh, we didn't have anything in the house, obviously, when we moved, and Gene and his wife Ann came over and brought us a card table, folding chairs, a rocking chair, and a blanket for my wife because uh, on the, the Monday I was announced to replace Gene, my wife gave birth to our second son that Thursday oh, wow. of that week. And so 
Gene and Ann brought all sorts of great stuff over, and so that tells you who uh, the Deckerhoffs are, That's just awesome. amazing people. That's that awesome. is really, really cool. I love that. And I feel like, Jeff, you are enjoying perhaps some of this Florida weather, um, considering the places you've been. And I want to ask about Mike Norvell, because you've been around a lot of different coaches at West Virginia, Nebraska, um, obviously North Dakota State, FCS, all these great coaches. What Give us what stands out to you about Norvell. Like, What makes him different than some other coaches you've been around? His juice, man. You know, you guys have seen it. Eric, you've seen it. Kelly, you've seen it. His energy is just infectious, and it never turns off. Uh, it is always on, and there's not an off day for Mike Norvell. And I think that is why you are seeing the just the high level of buy-in right now from within, from his players, because um, every day he brings it. And he's he's first thing he's he's there first thing in the morning. The guys see him when they enter the building, and the energy is you know Mach ten, right? And he's right there. Good morning. He'll scream at you when you walk into the building, you know. And that's every day. He doesn't have an off day. Uh, I, I'm just I, I'm so impressed and blown away by who he is, how he treats people, um, you know how. how with a championship culture, as you guys know and your experience, it starts from within. And the, the head coach obviously leads it, but you have to have the belief in the locker room and the players have to be all about it. And that's what we've got here right now. And I think, I think you saw it during the bowl game with you know nobody opting out, everybody playing, even the kids that, that decided to move on and go somewhere else in the transfer portal, guys like Amari Gaynor, who's now in North Carolina, all, all the best to him. Those guys stayed or stuck around and practiced and dressed and played in that game against Oklahoma down in Orlando. And so I, I just think he has an understanding of who he is as a, as a coach, as a person, who he wants to be, what his program, how he wants it to look. And, you know, he's, he's always had the support internally. I know on the outside in the offseason people were saying, well, hey, it's a big year for, for Mike Norvell. You know, hot seat was thrown around. Um, I think from within, everybody understood who Coach is and the type of uh, program he's leading and where this thing was going. Obviously, you needed to see it on the field from a wins standpoint, and that's what we got here this last season. Yeah, and Jeff, you know, I, I think what's so interesting is, you know, I, I think the country is really going to start to understand that this year just because of the excitement, the hype, the, you know, just overall expectation you know, that we're going to have from Florida State, not just ACC, not just ACC Network, uh, but the country. I mean, it it was one of those things where we all know it. You have to do it on the field. Like, it's great, the story, but if you're, you know, barely getting to a bowl game every year, nobody cares. But when you go 10 wins and and you're rolling, that's where everyone starts paying attention. I think the country is now going to find out about Coach Norvell and kind of similar to, to, you know, my experience with, with seeing him at practice. All those things you just said, with the energy, the excitement, the passion, the love of not just the game, but his players. And I think that's just so evident. Every time we talk to Jordan Travis or Big Coop or Dylan Gibbons or, uh, you know, any of the Jared Verse, any of these guys, the first thing they say is we ask, you know, how'd y'all do this? How'd you do? Coach, 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 always. And it's just like, man, it's got to be that. You can't fake it. Not all those guys would fake it. Somebody would tell the truth. and, And it is the truth from all of them. So, I've been so impressed with that and, and just love to see it from a guy that had some turmoil to start his career and now is elevating very quickly. Um, I also really love this offense this season. And one of the yeah. most explosive 
in the entire country, the, the way that they did it. We'll talk about the quarterback position specifically here in a second, but off the field and maybe in the locker room, in the huddle, the trust that I saw from this coaching staff that they had in Jordan Travis, to me, is how everything just got to the point. Because he went in last year at times, you know, back and forth. And, you know, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Uh, and, and there was some hesitation. There was some reserve in play calling and things of that nature. This year, man, it just seemed like it was open. And they were giving him the full keys to the car. H- how did you start to maybe slowly see that happening in fall camp and in this season? Yeah, it started back in, in July and August, uh, like like you mentioned, Eric. And, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be around some some pretty impressive quarterbacks during, you know, my different stops and called every every single game of Trey Lance's short career at North Dakota State. Uh, Easton Stick as well, who's with the Chargers right now as a backup. And Carson Wentz is someone I've been able to get to know and, and follow a little bit as well. And so, you know, you when I watched Jordan in practice uh, – the first thing that jumped off the page of me was, you know, everybody was asking the question, what strides is he going to make as a passer? And watching him in practice, all the physical tools from last year to this year, you could tell the development had taken place physically. Um, And so watching him throw the football and the zip he had and his accuracy throwing the deep ball, which I thought got better and better as even this season continued along, you saw the physical tools were there. And then you brought up a great point. I think for the quarterback position, when you know that you are the guy and and you are able to lock in and just go out and play and not have to worry about anything else, worry about you know a, a high level of competition. You know, Mackenzie Milton last year was amazing. What an inspirational story and just a talented uh, young man. He was at the bowl game. Well, obviously, with his connection to Florida State and to Dylan Gabriel as well, same high school uh, in Hawaii. Um, but when you ha- when you're the guy, you can just relax and play as a quarterback. And and Mike Norvell, uh, Alex Atkins, Tony Tokars, those guys just gave him the keys, man. And and he let it rip. And you watch this offense kind of morph around him as the year moved along. And thankfully, he stayed healthy. You know, he got dinged up in the Louisville game. Um, and, and I think he learned as well, look, if, if I'm going to play and stay upright for 12, 13 games, I've got to stand in the pocket and go through my progression and throw the football. I can't be a run-first guy. And that what was so impressive to me was I, I think his grasp and his understanding of for us to win, I've got I've to be able to, to change a little bit as a player. And, yeah, he's got the capability with his legs, right? There's no question about that. We saw him go Picasso in, in so many different uh, times. But, um, yeah, he, he was tremendous. What a fun follow. And uh, the guy was uh, unbelievable all season long. He was. There, there's no doubt about it. And I think when you look at programs, when they're able to rebuild, when they're able to kind of get back, um, you know, we, we use that term all the time. But a lot of times it's because of a dynamic quarterback. Like that's – you kind of have to have it. Otherwise, you're probably not going to get back to where you want to be as a program that's obviously what Jordan Travis is for Florida State. And I think the, one of the biggest differences this year, Jeff, was the weapons around him. Like these guys that Florida State brought in. And Florida State, I've seen some other opposing fan bases maybe go at FSU fans on Twitter and say, oh, transfer portal you. But if I was a Florida State fan, I would say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're using it to – they're using it better than anyone in the country, one could argue. So 
When did you realize that a lot of these guys that came in, some of the wide receivers, some of the running backs, were truly going to be difference makers? Who well, you knew you knew right away that that this group understood hey what needs we need to address uh, in the off season. That was offensive line and, and wide receiver, and then you know replacing Jermaine Johnson, which you know look it's to to replace a player like that in year in one season with the type of year he had as a one off a year ago as the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, near impossible. And yet they were still able to do it with Jared Verse uh, with with the year that he had. And it's so amazing that Verse is coming back again in 2023. And so, you know, I I think you saw Johnny Wilson, and that's a different-looking creature, right, walking around out there, uh, Eric and Kelly at 6'7", 235. And the thing about Johnny is, with, with lanky... You know, tall players. Sometimes you, you you feel like, well, maybe he's he's like he's lean or he's slight. Not the case with Johnny. He is physical, and he's he's a big presence. And his growth as a wide receiver during this campaign uh, was impressive to watch as well. But you saw Johnny. You knew Micah Pittman uh, could certainly come in and help out right away in the return game. Uh, you know, John Papuchas needed a little bit of a jolt uh, there in, in so many ways, and so. Um, uh, they did some great work along the offensive line in the receiver room as well. Tatum Bethune, such a welcome addition from UCF, that linebacker. That guy uh, was so impressive throughout the entire season. And so, you know, the old adage is the portal giveth, the portal taketh away right now. Uh, and, and Mike Norvell and company have figured out a way with the culture they're building here in Tallahassee where – uh, the portal is is given right now uh, in a big way to Florida yeah. State University. No, no, there's no doubt, man. It's it's been fun to watch. Just see how they address their needs and can so quickly fill that. And you bring up Johnny Wilson and, and talk about him getting better. You know, as as the season goes on, I remember being at practice and uh, I'm looking at this cat like I don't know if he's going to even play. Like he can't catch the ball. His route, his timing is just off. It was so strange, and maybe it was just a bad day. We're 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 literally there for a practice, and then we move on to the next school. So, and I get it, you know, being there doing that. I, I understand the days are tough, but to see him elevate his game and to become one of the best deep threats in the entire country, I mean, it, it was fantastic to see that, and, and super proud of the things that he did, the work that he put in. I know that doesn't just happen overnight, and. Man, it was it was impressive to see. Before KG jumps into running backs, I do want to go back to quarterback for one second because you talk about Picasso and you talk about the crazy things that Jordan had done all all, all season. I have a couple of plays in my head, but yeah. you were there every week. Give me number one, the craziest either call or play that you saw that just you, you're going to remember that forever. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the Florida game. Yes, that's where <laughs> you know there's there's two of them, or yeah. two or three of them that stand out. Where he uh, he wheels out, reverses out with the rush coming from his left, from his backside, and and is able to evade Florida's you know edge rush and gets out. And once he breaks contain, it's up for grabs, right? And, and the Florida game, Jordan made. You know, three or four plays with his legs that had Heisman type moments, and, and so um, he, he's just such a such a special uh, talent overall. And and sometimes, not that you forget about it, but because he put so much on himself throwing it this year and turned into a passer first, you'd almost catch yourself going, "Oh yeah." There's that aspect of his game that he brings to the table as well. I mean, the all-time leading rusher 
here at Florida State University as a quarterback, and that's with guys like Charlie Ward and and, and so many of the greats that have spent time uh, here in Tallahassee. Um, but that Florida game, Eric, uh, of, of the many uh, uh, moments we saw, he took his game to another level and made some just unbelievable plays with his legs. It was magic. And I like what you said there, Jeff. I mean, I think sometimes, a lot of times, Heisman campaigns get started the season before, either in the bowl game or the rivalry game. And, of course, that was a rivalry game. I think it was Friday night, so a lot of people were watching. And that play went viral on social media, for sure, because it was just that ridiculous. Um, I want to ask this, though. Do you think, like, where do you see Jordan Travis in the Heisman conversation going into next year? Well, I think he's in it. I mean, and and that's really, I think, all you can ask for at this point. You know, it's talking season now. Yep. Uh, we do have the national championship game on Monday night as we're recording this. But uh, it, it's it's talking season now, and we've got seven, eight, nine months, whatever it is. And we're going to find out uh, early on in the year uh, with the LSU game back in Orlando uh, with Jaden Daniels and company uh, coming back to Camping World Stadium uh, they're going to have revenge on their minds, certainly, from the, the win, the way that game ended in the, in the Superdome in New Orleans. I, I think, Kelly, you're going to find out early on in the year, that Sunday of Labor Day weekend, where, where Jordan Travis mm-hmm. is in the conversation. Because if he plays amazing and, and leads Florida State to a win and has big numbers and takes care of the football, uh, the, uh, the talk is on. Yeah. That's for sure. You're right. That game, and I mean, for you, like your first at Florida State game, um, was that LSU game, which is awesome. And now you're bringing it back. And that game, I'm, I'm already circling. I think everyone's circling their calendars for that one. Um, but we talk about Jordan Travis and his legs. This running game was really balanced. And you contrast that with a guy who I think we're going to compare Jordan Travis with a lot in the offseason and Drake May in North Carolina. And Drake May had to do so much for his team. Like that, We just had did our UNC under review episode coming out Friday. And they were talking about, look, we need some running backs to emerge because you can't put that much on Drake May. How much did the overall run game with the backs, with a guy like Benson, help Jordan Travis, where he didn't feel the pressure like he had to be the whole run game? Well, it was huge. It was a great point, Kelly, as well. And you talk about the transfer portal. We didn't bring up Trey Benson coming in uh, from Oregon. That's a, that's a big that's a big miss. What a year he had! You know, he was ten yards away from becoming the ninth player. Yeah, come on, man! Florida. What are we doing? I know, I know. <laughs> ten yards away from one thousand, and so you know that that circle on his radar in a big way this upcoming season as he returns for another year. But no, it helped immensely to be able to lean on. Uh, the running game, the offensive line continued to grow. You know, I think that Clemson game, Eric, and, and you can attest to this a little bit more, even though Florida State didn't win, they moved Clemson's front around pretty well uh, running the football that night. You know, and I think that game showed probably FSU from within, you know, okay, that's going up against one of the great defensive fronts in all of college football, and they ran for over 200 yards that night uh, against Clemson. And so they finished the year with seven consecutive games of 200 yards or more rushing the football, uh, which tied a school record here at Florida State with a great 1987 team and some of the great backs there. But Trey Benson was unbelievable. He emerged after Trey Sean Ward went down in the NC State game with kind of a shoulder collarbone injury. Lawrence Toafili is so dynamic, and Trey Sean Ward, even though he, you know he's 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 moving on, but what a presence that young man had here at Florida State during his time, and so. It allowed Jordan, I think, to, yeah, to breathe a little bit, to relax and not feel like he had to shoulder the load uh, in the running game with guys that emerged and developed uh, from within the program as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that was 
it was so impressive to see that, okay, we've got this three-headed monster at running back and just at different times, different guys elevated. And then ultimately, you know, Trey becomes, I think, the bell cow, just the, the, the guy that anytime he touched it, you just didn't know what was going to happen, how hard he ran. And, you know, to have that balance in your offense and, and to be a run-first team, I mean, it's hard to stop when you're rolling at that level. And it certainly helps when you have the offensive line play that we did yeah. and, and saw from FSU because seemingly – you know, overnight from from when you know FSU's competing and winning national championships, it's like the offensive line just dissipated. It, it was gone, and you're just like, "How did this happen so quickly?" And kind of in the same breath, it, it's back. And, and Coach Atkins has done an unbelievable job of developing those guys, going and getting you know a couple of key pieces from the portal, and and turning this thing into, in my opinion, one of the best offensive lines in the country. Yeah, and, and also developing from within as well. And I think that's the a big thing for both the receiver room and the offensive line room, Eric, was, yeah, you, you infuse talent in the portal, but the guys that were still here realized, okay, we need to continue to get better as well and develop if we want to play. And so guys like Rob Scott at left tackle, Maurice Smith at center, uh, continued to develop physically. And, and, you know, those were young guys that were asked to play a lot of snaps Quickly. as young players, right? And so that makes it very tough. To, to go out and win and have success. And so you saw the guys develop from within. Uh, you saw the players from the portal that came in, Dimitri Emanuel, Jasden Turrentine, Darius Washington has been a Swiss Army knife for this group, literally playing every position up front along the offensive line. And, and Dylan Gibbons is such an amazing person to go along with who he is as a football player. His story has been so fun to follow, and I wish him all the best at the next level in the National Football League. And so this offensive line group, uh, they, they, they found the right pieces from the portal. They've got the right guys from within as well. And uh, I think they have an understanding now of who they are culturally and how they want to play on that side. Dylan Gibbons is going to take over the world. Uh, we had him on maybe a month ago, Mac, and he was just incredibly impressive. So excited to follow what he does. And, you know, this is very what Mac and I do, Jeff. We have been chatting here for 20 minutes, and we haven't really talked about defense. <laughs> It's What's just that? us. What's defense? What's the point of what? talking about We're that? We're working on it. It's our fatal flaw. But we did, you know, we hit on some of the transfers that have come in. And this defense, the turnaround, I mean, last year, kind of talking about one-man show, last year it felt like it was Jermaine Johnson and he was going to go make something happen. Otherwise, they were going to give up some points. And this year was much more of a collective effort. So how do you think this defense was able to come together and put together this kind of year? Yeah, I think you you saw Adam Fuller and this defensive staff really come together. Um, you talk about how you develop as as a program. This defense needed to make the strides forward that they did this season. And, you know, I, I think a lot of what has happened at Florida State, you know, the timing of this is tough to turn a program around when you come in during covid right. You know, you're coming off of a, a few years where things were lean and you didn't have a lot of success. And so we're all in this microwave society, right, as college football fans, where we want to see the turnaround happen right away. Well, when you come in during that COVID season, man, it's tough to get your hands on your guys and, and develop them all across the board. And so I think it just this group needed some time. And um, I think with with Adam Fuller, what he's uh, capable of as a coach defensively. Just this group needed a little bit of time to kind of understand how to play and, and what they were asked to do. And so um, I, I think you go into year three and, and you bring in the players that they have, but also have the veterans like Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett and, and Jamie Robinson 
um, and, and you bring that type of experience together, and, and it was just a matter of time for these for this group to have the success that they did. And um, thoroughly impressed by how they closed the year and, and how they they emerged on that side of the ball. And I, I think the thing that really stood out to me about this group defensively was, you know, they might give up a play here or there, but when it came to shutting it down. Uh, with with whether it was in the red zone or getting a stop or getting off the field on third down, this group is pretty darn good at it uh, throughout the entire year. And so uh, the excitement level is high when you see guys like Jared Verse coming back, Kalen Deloach, Tatum Bethune, um, and Akeem Dent returns. You bring in uh, the young man, Fentrell Cypress from Virginia, who's he's coming here at he's corner. Yeah, <laughs> he's not bad to, to add with Renardo Green and Jarian Jones and Azarie Thomas in that group. So... Um, I think, Kelly, just to answer your question, sometimes you just need a little bit of time and a little bit of understanding and uh, the, the right people at the right place, and, and I think that's what's happened here with this group. Yeah, I don't think, man, just, just to see how the evolution took place and to go from you know the number seven pass defense in the league to the number one pass defense, number one total defense in, in the league, and, and number two scoring defense, just the buy-in from the guys and the things that they were able to do. And you know, I had the privilege of sitting down with Akeem Dent before the season doing a little film review, and that was the first thing he said. I mean, he was very talented coming in, you know, and, and a guy that probably thought he deserved to play right away, and he just didn't. And, and a guy that I think tried to leave, and those coaches sat him down and said, listen, if you will just trust us, we got you. And you see how he's been able to play, and, and the position that he's going to be in next year coming back is, is certainly going to be exciting. Jeff, we just went through every possible facet of this team. Nearly everyone is coming back. And, and look, in 2023, I'm trying to pump the brakes. I'm trying to say, everybody, just calm down. I know. But I'm jacked up about this team, okay? <laughs> I'm excited. And I, 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 it's hard for me to hold this in, especially as passionate as I am about this league. What the heck are the expectations? Because it seems to me like it's the, the sky's the limit right now for these Knowles. Yeah, it's really exciting. I, I saw Brett McMurphy with a, a way-too-early top 25, and he had Florida State at number four. Ooh. I mean, that's that's amazing to think of where this team was just six, seven months ago and where we're at today talking on January the 9th. And so, you know, I think, yeah, I think you got to temper it a little bit. Look, you still got to beat your Clemson Tigers, Eric. I mean, they, that's they true. still, that's true. That's true. you know, <laughs> they, they still are are the team to beat until they are beaten. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I look at sure. it uh, overall. And so... Um, you know, the one thing that is is a positive from that standpoint, we get away from the divisions this upcoming season. And so there's a game in Death Valley with Florida State and Clemson. Even if Florida State were to not win there, you could still see a rematch in Charlotte. Give me it twice, Seminoles, baby. That's what Tigers, I want to see. ACC championship game. So expectations are high, but there's a long time between between now and then. Uh, I think what I can tell you is this this staff, this team – um, they believe that they can have a special year upcoming. That's why you're seeing all these guys return to, to Tallahassee. And so there's a belief and a buy-in that something special can happen here, but you have to go out and do it. It's going to start uh, in Orlando uh, Labor Day weekend with LSU. That's right, man. Gosh, we cannot wait. Can we just fast forward? Can we skip spring and get to, to fall camp? Uh, there's a process, I understand, but I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jeff, this was awesome. Our first ACC under review episode. Appreciate you joining us. This was a lot of fun, my man. Yeah, Eric Kelly, thanks so much for having me and, and looking forward to, uh, to everything upcoming. Go Knowles. 
Thanks again to Jeff for joining us. I really appreciate how he's embraced his new life as a Florida man. He is on his patio in January. The birds are chirping. He's in a light windbreaker. I mean, this is just it, it so happy for like, Jeff. Uh, a little bit of wet witness protection, too. Like the screen would go black for something like, Jeff, are you okay? Are people after you? Well, but the lighting can be tough in sunny Florida. That's you know, it can, it can just right. be hard. And he has two young kids, so he's trying to be outside of his house. But uh, we appreciate Jeff's time very much. And you know, it's so interesting when you look at Florida State and you try to look, we tried to, we were breaking down 2022, but looking ahead to 2023, which we can't help but do because we are in the year 2023. And he was talking about a preseason prediction of FSU at number four. I think it's safe to say Florida State will be the highest preseason ranked ACC team. I think they're going to really? be ranked higher than Clemson. Yes, really? I do. I think if Clemson had looked better in that Orange Bowl, that would help. But there's a lot of questions about Clemson. And I, I really liked what Jeff said about, hey, Florida State has all these goals. They beat LSU. They beat Florida. They beat Miami. They've yet to beat Clemson. Mike Norvell's mm-hmm. yet to do it. Yeah. And it's almost like you gotta you got to get over that hump in your own league before you can get over that hump nationally. Mm-hmm. In some ways, and I know that the series between FSU and Clemson is very different than Michigan-Ohio State, but Michigan had to get over the Ohio State hump before sure. anyone really took them seriously as a playoff contender. And I think you're going to have to see that from FSU. But the good news is for fans is we might get that twice, Mac. I am right. so hyped up about the possibility of two. And, of course, as we're predicting it on January 9th, it probably won't happen. But two Clemson FSU games, that would be really fun. Must see, must see TV. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Appointment television. Uh, and, and I'm sure the place would be packed in Charlotte, both of those fan bases that mm-hmm. have just so much history, not only against each other, but – just at the national relevance, especially this last 20 years, when you kind of look at flip-flopping, uh, those guys have been able to really just be on a tear. I, I love that interview. That was so much fun. I, I really look forward to all of these interviews that we're going to do about each and every team, just to see you know, from someone's perspective that is there each and every weekend, every day, they, they, are, they are all for their team. Jeff is everything you know, at Florida State, and, and it's just so fun to see from his perspective on you know, how things happen and hearing his thoughts on coach and the hard work that these young men put in each and every week. And man, I, I'm right there with you, KG. I'm excited about these Knowles. I, I just can't help it. And I, I'm, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, going out of the season earlier, because uh, we're still out of the season, um, you know, I, I thought that Florida State for sure would be top 10. I'm going to be fascinated if they are truly ahead of Clemson. Clemson has been in the top five for preseason rankings, I think like the last seven years something of that nature. And sure, some, sure. I think Athlon, somebody put out a poll, and Clemson was like 13. I mean, that, that's the lowest they've been ranked in quite some time. Now, obviously, I don't think many people are taking that poll uh, with, with any grain of salt. But to see Florida State that high, to see Florida State potentially top five preseason is going to be awesome. It's going to be great for our league. It's, it's great for you know the teams that they play, for strength of schedule and things of that nature and national relevance. Um, but you got to handle – you got to win you, at the end of the day, which the, that's I'm not the gonna, key. Yeah. And I'm not going to turn this thing around and, and bash Florida state, but you lost every ranked game you played in 2022. You can't do that moving forward. You have to go out and win those games. It, it's kind of this evolution that we're seeing of, okay, you're winning the games that we expect you to win. Right. Right. You're in the games we think could be a toss up, but you didn't win any of them. That's the next step for these guys, for that national relevance, for getting back to the promised land of winning championships. And I surely think that this is the team that can do it with all that they have coming back, quarterback position on lockdown, 
he, I mean, Jared Verse coming back, my gosh, it's Ooh. Christmas in January. I mean, that's awesome, you know, for them and, and for that to happen. So I, high expectation for the Knowles. I, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I, I want to see that game twice. I really do. I think that's yeah. the best product that the ACC can put out it, right now, January, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see not only the preseason polls, but who's picked to win the league. Right. Because just a couple years ago, Back in, you know, 14, 15, 16, some of those years FSU was still given the benefit of the doubt to win the league. Correct. And Clemson was the one that did it. So are we in kind of that reverse now with FSU and Clemson and preseason expectations? We will talk so much more about this uh, the next, what, Max, seven months as we (laughs) We get ready? We got some time. Yeah, we're we're all hyped up seven months until the season, but you you can't imagine what we're going to be like in July. So just stay tuned. That's right. I'm going to have my headdress on. I'm going to be doing the war chant. I mean, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. But anyway, that's it. Episode number one, ACC Under Review. The Knowles, big shout out to Jeff, uh, taking some time for us. Very grateful for him. And another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go on YouTube, mash that subscribe button. Do it. you guys to tune in. Really appreciate the comments, the reviews, anything that you can do there. Also on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe over there. We greatly appreciate that. But until next time. We'll see y'all.